the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Breyer, and in this episode, we'll be looking at the Council of Jerusalem from Acts chapter 15. The Acts of the Apostles is part two of Luke's writing, part one being Luke's gospel. And in Acts of the Apostles, we get the story of the early church. It starts with the story of Pentecost and then goes from there. There are some who have even suggested that this book should be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit, because it's really the Holy Spirit who, of course, is guiding the apostles as this early church takes shape and and forms. There's a really interesting event in the book, and to be clear, there are many interesting events in the book, but there's one in particular that I wanted to look at today called the Council of Jerusalem. And you'll find this story in Acts chapter 15. I'm not going to read the whole story here, but instead I'll give the basic concept of what unfolds in this story. Basically, a question arises as to whether converts to the faith have to first become Jewish before they can become Christian. So specifically for Gentiles, those who are not already Jewish, do they have to first become Jewish before becoming Christian? This is a really important question because there are many new converts and people interested in the faith. And what happens is that a group of people gather together, debate the issue, and reach a conclusion. Essentially, the basic answer is no. Someone does not first have to become Jewish to then become Christian, although there are some laws that should be followed. What then unfolds is that the community writes a letter, which is then sent out by representatives to communities to describe what the council has decided. The message that is sent out begins this way. It is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us, and then it goes from there. I think this is a beautiful way of showing that it's not just a bunch of people who have gathered together, but rather that they have gathered together intentionally in prayer, inviting the Holy Spirit into their meeting, their debate, to discuss this issue, again, not just as people, but with the inspiration, hopefully, of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think about it, we still use this method today in the church, both locally and globally. When there's an issue that arises, a meeting is called. And again, this can look like an ecumenical council. This can be a local synod. There's a variety of different kinds of meetings. At that meeting, there is the invocation of the Holy Spirit, vigorous debate, and then a conclusion is reached, ultimately. And that conclusion is communicated out to the community, usually in the form of some sort of written statement, a letter, or something. Take, for example, Synod 16, which unfolded several years ago in the Archdiocese of Detroit a meeting of local church leaders to discuss a wide range of issues that resulted in the Unleash the Gospel letter. The New Collegeville Bible Commentary concludes its reflection on this story this way, and I think it's a great reflection, so I wanted to read some of it to you. Notice that Luke's crisp account of what must have been a more extended process provides a paradigm for problem-solving and decision-making in the church. It comes down to three movements, and I'll share the basic reflection from each step. Number one, conduct a full hearing of the community's experience of what they understand God to be doing among them. Two, try to understand that experience against the faith community's tradition as currently understood. And three, make a practical policy decision that affirms the values evoked in steps one and two. And the reflection concludes this way. This very human problem-solving process is something that the community can boldly describe with the words, and then it quotes from verse 28, it is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us. I think the Council of Jerusalem is interesting for reflection, both to understand how the church functioned in the early years and to understand how the church works today. 
and maybe to push it a little bit farther, this is of course structurally how the church works, but I think also more locally, even at the parish level, this is how the church should work. Bringing together minds and hearts of those in the church to pursue truth, to craft policy, and to communicate that out for the betterment of God's kingdom. So I encourage you, when you have time, look at Acts chapter 15 as an example of how we deal with questions, how we deal with issues that arise in an appropriate, God-guided and God-centered manner.